one of the theme songs for one of the coolest shows that uh, I loved as a kid, Airwolf, and that is done by Mitch Murder. And if you guys uh, haven't guessed it yet, yes, they do contribute music to the show now, which is awesome. I, there's tons of Mitch Murder fans out there, folks that are super into uh, Synthwave, and uh, it took us a little bit, but finally, finally, they're on the show as well. So, oh, man. Hi, welcome. My name is Mike Petchy. You're listening to In Love With The Process. This is my show. And today, you're stuck with me. It's been a while. It's been a while since we just sat down and talked on a regular episode, not one of our Thursday catch-up episodes of The Process. And honestly, man, it's just it's just been a, a beat. I've got some stuff that I'd like to talk about on the show and uh, catch you guys up on. And uh, yeah, man. But uh, before we get into it, big shout out to everybody that continues to follow me on Instagram at Mike Petchy and follow the podcast Instagram at In Love With The Process Pod. That's In Love With The Process P-O-D on Instagram. Uh, two very busy places. Uh, as you know, I continue, continue, continue to answer DMs for uh, 12KM. And uh, yes, lots of interesting stuff going on. As we progress into October, here's the plan. Anybody that uh, sends an email, or sends me, rather, sends me their three favorite horror movies, um, they get a link to see 12KM. We know this. I've talked about this for a fucking year now. But what's really cool about it is that there's a trailer for my next proof of concept that I'm going to release, which is Who's There? And I'm sure you guys have seen some uh, amazing poster work. That I posted up there. Uh, I think I may have even shown some clips. Um, but yes, I have a second proof of concept film that was made uh, right around the time that 12KM was hitting Hollywood and running through all of its meetings and stuff. And Who's There did the same thing. So both of these are proof of concept films that I never really intended to show to the audience other than uh, just folks that work in the industry. But since there are so many of you who are like, okay, dude, you made this movie about Russians. What else do you have? What else can we see? All right. How about this? You, when you guys uh, send me your three favorite horror movies, and if you've already gotten a link, it probably still works. Uh, click on that and you'll see a trailer for who's there up there and the ability to sign up to an email list that you will directly, once we're ready, you will directly get a link to see who's there instructions on how to see that stuff. You're also going to get all sorts of goodies and all sorts of fun shit. So um, lots of fun stuff that you know, one boy here is trying to figure all out. Uh, full transparency. It's a one-man operation these days. I'm, I'm desperately trying to keep everything as low, like keep the overhead as low as possible as we're pushing through. How many months of the strike has it been now? You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, the, which is great because then I can re, uh, allocate funds to do really cool shit like I'm planning on doing. Um, so make sure, uh, that if you haven't asked me for 12 cam, a link to see 12 cam yet, send me three favorite horror films, do that. If you want to be one of the few that get to see who's there. So a couple catch up stuff that I want to talk to you guys about. Like first, I've done some episodes this year about film festivals. We've talked about film festivals. We've talked about the pros and cons of film festivals. And I've also hinted at the fact that I shot this year 
uh, a brand new film called Come Home, which stars my buddy Lance Williams. He's in it. He's amazing in it. And we have been submitting that film to film festivals, right? So because it's going out to film festivals, uh, it's uh, will hurt our chances if I release this on the internet. There have been a select few of you who I consider super fans, who people who want to be super fans, that were able to see an early cut of that film. And I've got feedback from really great listeners of the show. Uh, you know, as we progress into the future, if you feel like you want to be in that club, if you want to be one of the few that get to see movies, get to see projects ahead of time and be like part of the early screening people and folks that give me feedback, uh, just simply write me an email to in love with the process at gmail.com and say, hey, I want to be a super fan of the show. I want to be put on that list. Because I know there's a lot of you out there that are begging me to do that. So send me an email. Like I said, in love with the process at gmail.com. It's the longest fucking email address you'll ever have to write out in your life. <laughs> Such a dumb move. <laughs> it should have just been ILWP. Um, so okay, so here's here, here's what I'm getting at. We submitted um come home to a bunch of the film festivals uh this season. Okay. Um, and so I'm, I'm just signing into this film festival website that I use, which I refuse to give them a, a plug for because they don't consider our audience important enough to sponsor the show. <laughs> so it's, if you consider, if you think that's petty, it is. <laughs> um, so let's see. We submitted to, I'll give you the list of, of festivals and I'll tell you where we're at. Submission status, judging status. Give me the project name. Here we go. Hold on. Hold on. All right. So the first place that we submitted to was Fright Fest. Uh, we submitted Come Home to Fright Fest. Uh, it was in consideration for a period of time and not selected. Uh, the second film festival that we submitted to was Toronto After Dark. That is still in consideration and undecided. We won't know for that one until September 30th. Third one we submitted to was Telluride Horror Show. That is still undecided. We'll know about that on October 1st. Uh, we submitted to Fantasia, late in the game to Fantasia. Um, and uh, we weren't selected to that, which was a fucking bum out. But I think it was because we submitted so late in the game. It's just it's the politics of the shit. Um, and then we also submitted to the Beyond Fest, which would be a great one. We're still undecided on that September 1st. Uh, we submitted to Fantastic Fest, which I was pumped about, and I just heard this week that we were not selected for Fantastic Fest. Fucking pain in my ass. I also submitted to Toronto International Film Festival, like the actual film festival itself. Uh, we just heard that we were not selected for that one. <laughs> Those are like how brutally honest I am with you guys. Uh, I submitted to a festival called Nightmares Film Festival. Uh, we'll know on the 19th for that. Um, and let's see, where else did we submit to film quest, which I'm pumped about still on, on, uh, undecided on that and scream fest. We submitted to undecided on that. We also submitted come home to the Hollywood shorts fest. And this was a submission that I did because it was suggested to me. If you sign up for these film festival websites, what happens is, and I'm sure it's some sort of payment process that happens between the festivals and this dot com 
that does this shit. Um, they send you emails. And so specifically Hollywood Shores Fest sent me an email, whether or not it was legit or not, sent me an email saying, we saw bits on Come Home. We're very interested in, uh, in uh, taking a look at it. Would you submit to our festival? Right. And my response, my response to those is, is usually like, do I have to pay? <laughs> and I did. And I just, I did some research, right? I went to their website and I sort of perused through it. And I, they said that they do an actual screening and they had like really good filmmaker stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And I just figured, well, it's going to screen somewhere here in Hollywood. So it could be a great local screening for us. Um, so why not? I submitted $55 fucking submission fee on that one, by the way. So I submitted that one. It goes out, and we hear yesterday, or I log in yesterday to Film Freeway. I don't even get an email. Log in yesterday to Film Freeway, and it says, congratulations. And, you know, the fucking website, like, blasts, like, like digital confetti, and it has, like, this little splash page that comes up. Congratulations. And I go, oh, oh okay, what's up? And it goes, uh, you have been accepted to the Hollywood Shorts Festival. And I go, that's cool. All right. You know, it's been a couple negatives in here, but all right, the local one. Okay, cool. Rad. I apparently, it was notified on Film Freeway. Didn't get an email. Notified it on Film Freeway. And it says, August 5th is when we sent you this thing. Okay, great. Then it goes, event date, August 15th. I'm reading this on August 18th. So your boy goes into like a fucking anger spiral and I'm just like, whoa, what, what? So we get into a festival and then you don't tell us that we're in the festival. 10 days later, 10 days later from the notification date is the event date. What's going on here? So I wrote them an email, multiple emails, waited a couple of days for the response of them. And I get an email from them and they say, uh, uh, hold on a second here. I'm going to look it up. I should have had this prepped. HSF. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So I get an email from them and they go, dear Mike, congratulations. We are very pleased to announce that Come Home was selected as a winner in the following category. Best Horror Short. Winner certificate and official laurels are attached. Feel free to use them to promote your film in your social media. I'm doing that right now. And we look forward to hearing from you on our upcoming editions. Please keep us updated on your future projects. Congratulations again. So, okay, cool. We, we won best horror short. C cool. I, I then wrote to them again and I said, when was this? When did it go? When did it happen? What happened? <laughs> right? Because it, like it, it's the it's the East Coaster in me. So I'm like, what's going on here? Like, what, is this a fucking legitimate film festival? Like, so, like they they give me the all this stuff, and we win an award. And by the way, you this is. <laughs> This is how uh, uh, cool it is to win an award from from some of these things. 
I get a PDF that says best horror short. The certificate is proudly presented to come home and me. Great. Winner for having met the highest standards of excellence at the Hollywood Shorts Film Festival PDF. And then some laurels. I don't, I don't want to come off sound like a dick here, but doesn't it, it just, I, I didn't trust it. So I, I called Lance and I said to him like, congrats, uh, we got into a film festival. He goes, oh shit. Yeah, we got into a film festival. Yep. Okay, cool. When is it? Already happened. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Already happened. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, we won. <laughs> One best horror short. He was just like, he, he was like, wow. And of course, like in Lance's credit, <laughs> even though he is from the East Coast, he was very positive. He said, dude, this is a great thing. You know, we won something. I go, yeah, it is. But, but, but from who? <laughs> and he goes, dude, that's just the East Coaster in you. You're not, you don't trust, you're not trusting anything. And you go, yeah. <laughs> so, so. So then uh, I write them another email, and I'm like, well, guys, what the fuck is going on with this, right? And so I got an email uh, five hours ago. Um, Dear Mike, congratulations. Come Home is part of our official selection, and it will be screened on April 2024 at the Lee Strasberg Film Institute. Uh, you will uh, be receiving promptly all screening requirements as well as the invitation for the live event. So it's cool. I, apparently, and this isn't the only film festival that I've sort of encountered this with. And I don't know if you young filmmakers have seen this yet, but there are film festivals out there that are running stuff online and they're doing competitions online monthly to find their lineup for their live event. And so apparently this is one of them. I don't know if it actually screened online somewhere. I don't, like, I don't know if it just screened for their judges. I, I, I'm confused. I'm absolutely confused. So if anybody listening knows anything about the Hollywood Shorts Fest, uh, let me know. <laughs> and I'm going to try to get to the root of this. Maybe I'll have someone on the show from it. I mean, oh, what's the business plan here? <laughs> uh, but, uh, okay. So we're going to screen in April next year. That's cool. And uh, we apparently won for Come Home, Best Horror Short. The short you guys haven't seen yet. And so uh, that, thank you to the entire crew. You know, this is, this is, this is my acceptance speech. But. I'll pretend like I, I was able to do there. I just want to thank everybody on the crew for uh, putting their time in and, and actually, uh, you know, pushing me to make this film better. I will thank Gina, who's behind me. Yay. How do you feel? You're you're on there as an associate producer. How do you feel? Congratulations. I'm proud of you. Oh, you're proud of me? Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you. That's very nice. So... <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Th thank you to to uh, Gina. Thank you to Ian. Thank you to uh, Mike Tran, DJ Voltran, for for crushing. Not only uh, helping me on set as an assistant camera operator, but also giving me advice 
on uh, where to book things. It was between him and Gina that helped me get the underwater tank that you guys have no idea that that's about. Um, and then also doing uh, the epic sound mix and engineering and sound effects work on this piece that you guys haven't seen yet. Um, big shout out and big thank you to Big Black Delta. I think I'm releasing this news on this episode for doing the music and the scoring for the piece. Um, and of course, um, to our buddy, my buddy Travis for coming in and saving the day and being a camera operator for me when I was biting off more than I could chew. My buddy Brett for showing up. Uh, and then coming back on a Sunday and helping me do the sound mixing and the audio. Um, big shout out to everybody that is involved with this film. Thank you all so much for your help. Um, and uh, it, it, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it without any of you. And Josh, I'm not forgetting you. You're in there, buddy, for, for doing all the stuff as well. Um it's great. It's it's really cool. And the truth of it is, and I, I don't know if we talked about it or not on the show yet. My brain's all over the place. But this was a piece that was just going to be an exercise between me and Lance. And it was just going to be an opportunity for us to sort of put into action a lot of the stuff that we had learned from reading the Judith Weston books on directing actors. And, and uh, you know, Lance has always wanted to have his face in one of my movies and have screen time. And so he convinced me to work together. He pulled me out of my depression because I was in a, a pretty solid depression um, with uh, one of the films, uh, essentially one of the feature films that we had in development, like coming to a fucking screaming halt uh, because of stupid shit that happens in, in, in the business. Um, so it, it's great. And, I have to say that this is my best piece. Like if you like 12KM, if you are going to like who's there, this is the culmination of both those films perfectly put together with, I think the best performance, no offense to anybody that's ever worked with me, but I think this is the most rounded out performance uh, by an actor in one of my films done by Lance. So uh, of course, to my brother in arms at this, the guy that I went to war with for this film. Thank you, Lance, for doing this. And uh, big shout out, buddy, because, um, you know, we're big winners. <laughs> you know, why am I such a fucking cynical prick? You know what I mean? Why, Gina? Yeah, she just groans at me. <laughs> um, but before we get off this topic of film festival stuff, uh, uh, I also have some news to announce, and uh, I'm just looking forward here. Uh, 12 Kilometers has been accepted into the Vesuvius International Film Festival. How crazy is that? Uh, this is a, once again, this is one of those film festivals that does an online thing. Let me Let me read the description of this thing. Vesuvius International Film Festival is a festival once a month with an annual screening. Our festival is a brilliant opportunity to participate in an international competition. The films of the official selection and the winners will be selected each month so that the filmmakers will know about the jury's decision very quickly. Obviously, it's being translated from Italian here. Uh, every year, new selections of works, the winners, main categories will be screened live to the public. So once again, it looks like 
it's part of like this business strategy for some of these film festivals. This is another one that wrote to me and said, hey, we are interested in 12 cam. They actually gave me a discount for it. So it was only 15 bucks. And I was like, hey, what's the hurt? So I sent it. I wasn't even submitting 12 cam anywhere. Um, and so I will let you know. I don't know if, if 12 cam is going to screen online. It sounds like it might be screening online. I don't know if it's going to screen to the public online. Um, it will be cool as fuck if we get in to the actual live event. The best films will be screened live in Campania, south of Italy. Does that mean that you guys are doing a screening in a theater there? Because it would be cool to go there. You just, you see the theme. I, I, I just don't know to, how to trust these film festivals, right? So it's this hard thing as a young filmmaker, and I'm not really a young filmmaker, but as many of you young filmmakers that are they're putting movies out there, which ones do you fucking trust, right? Because there's two sides of the coin. There are the very well-established fucking ones where uh, I know for a fact that there are people that have gotten into these festivals because their agents and management called in a fucking favor. And so they get in the lineup in those film festivals. And those are the legit ones. Those are the ones that are like are the big boys. And you're like, okay, cool. Or you have the other end of the spectrum, which is like, you do these live things, you do this stuff online. And is it legit? I, I don't fucking know. I don't know. And it's, it's become more confusing because I haven't submitted a film in a festival legitimately since let me look back here 2016 so this is new this is a whole new thing for me um those of you who are filmmakers and you listen to the show give me feedback write to me what do you explain this to me explain explain what we're going through here because i i it's weird and uh whatever thank you <laughs> thank you for both of those Whatever happened, you know, being a kid of the 90s, you know, and you hear the stories of like Tarantino getting found and Rodriguez getting found and like going to these film festivals, meeting people. And I've been very fortunate to go to specific film festivals and meet some interesting folks. It's like, that's what the fucking thing's all about. And it's like post COVID, you have this weird online thing where they're like, this is cheaper for us. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what about the payoff for the filmmaker when you take their stuff, you screen it, you make money on it? And then uh, what, we're, we're doing this for context, right? Yeah, I don't know. I got to drop this. Anyway, um, what else is going on? Oh, me, Gina, and Will went and saw Talk to Me yesterday. Um, and uh, if you guys haven't heard of this uh, new horror film that's out there, I would uh, seriously be worried about whether or not you live in a cave or if you don't have power that runs in your house because this – has been promoted like a crazy. Um, it is a film made by two twin brothers, uh, Danny and Michael uh, Philippou, 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 I think is what it is. I'm sure I fucked that up. Um, I, they, very fascinating dudes, part of the Rucka Rucka, which was like the very successful um, YouTube channel, very successful YouTube channel. Um, and, you know, they're probably too big right now to get on the show, but I'd love to talk to them about what happened with YouTube because they built their success on making like really fun sort of ultra violent action pieces that were then shunned by the YouTube algorithm. And from what I understand, um, they were just sort of plummeted 
into viewership at that point. And I think he had a frustration and maybe even some depression. And this is me, you know, assuming because I understand. And they were just like, oh, fuck it. Let's go and let's do what we wanted to do initially and let's try to make a movie. And I've heard nooks and I've heard rumors through all sorts of different interviews and other people that work in the business of kind of what's happened. And I think initially these guys wrote this film and they were going to do it the same way we were going to do one of our projects, which was through a production company that is a Hollywood production company. And they went through the misery of getting notes and dealing with the notes on this stuff, which, um, what I, however this whatever the narrative is for it now, you know, kudos to them for what I've heard, which is like they said, no, fuck it, we don't want to do it with these folks because because uh, they won't let us like cast like uh, folks from New Zealand, they won't let us do it the specific way that we want to do it. They were getting a lot of bullshit Hollywood notes, which kind of changed the game, right? Because we've been through the same thing, me and Will, right? You get notes from production companies. And they promise the world. And then the next thing you know, you're doing like multiple re- rewrites and draft rights. And then you start to get into this game of watering it all down. And everybody is sort of looking at algorithms and uh, track records of other films. And then some sort of film comes out that's suddenly the shit. Like I guarantee you, if you're out there pitching a movie or working with a production company right now, which you can't be because of the strikes. But if you were, every meeting they'd be like, have you heard about this film? Talk to me. Does your movie have like uh, accelerated camera pushes? And does your movie have, you know, uh, a specific lead? You know what I mean? Like it'll be those fucking notes. We know because when we went out with one of our movies, initially when we went out with one of our movies, it was right around when Hereditary was out. So every fucking meeting we took, it was like, is it like Hereditary? You're like, God damn it. Ugh. You know what's interesting? Uh, like your boy's in the in the mood to blow things up today. I got a fucking call from a dude today uh, who reached out to me on Instagram. Now, let me just say, Instagram is a great place for making a lot of really interesting connects. Like I've connected with a lot of really great guests on the show. I've connected with actors. I've connected with a lot of really f- cool people. Like it's a it's a spot where you can make some solid relationships and and really showcase your work it's it's useful for that i mean everybody's fucking on it but for a hot second don't think you're gonna get uh, a text or a phone call from a company that's going to want to make your movie based upon your instagram account i just don't think it's going to happen and i had one of those i had one of those like hey do you want to have a conversation and i was like look at them up and i was like oh, it looks like they're financing some stuff yeah i'll just go through this whole bit Right, I'll talk to this person. I get this person on the phone finally, and I go, "Cool." And they're they're chatting, and I'm like, "So, what, what kind of stuff? How long have you guys been producing?" And he's like, "Well, I'm I'm actually not the producer. I'm the fucking I'm a tech guy here at this company." And I go, oh. "Red flag just goes right, just shoots up." And you're like, oh, "Okay, all right." Well, I'm on the phone. Let's have this conversation. And, he, and I was like, "Well, tell me a bit about what you guys do." And you know, he starts to run through his spiel, which is a practice. You know, it's like you know when you you know when you're you're hanging out with like a car dealer, right? And you know that they practice the the spiel over and over and over again, right? And they're they're hoping that you're going to be uh, distracted or excited about the the opportunity to make something. I mean, it's a, it's they're they're like the, the, this person is very 
probably not making a movie, probably not doing anything right now because of the strike. So like, this is the, this is the time to, to hit it. You're like, okay. And being the person on the other line, I know that you never know who you're going to talk to and you never know who's going to have connections to what you never fucking know. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. Really nice guy. I'm not going to say any names. I'm not going to blow anybody up. Really nice guy. Um, but as he starts to continue, he's like, well, tell me a bit about you. So I was like, all right. So I start to talk and I start to talk about my projects and he just jumps in and, and interrupts me right in the middle of it. I go, fucking flag two, like just red flag two just goes right up. And now if I was younger, I'd be ignoring those red flags because my urgency, my need to make something would overpower that. So I would be, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's just, you know what I mean? Like, but I've, I've, I've now hit this point where I'm like, oh, okay, two, two of those flying up there and so we continue to talk and he says uh what we're doing is we're we have a bunch of uh screenplays and scripts that we want to have made and we're looking for directors we're looking to cast directors to do this now that's a line that a younger mike would go like oh i want a job this is awesome and they see my work and they think that i'm a good director oh okay this is really great right younger me would think that but uh, the older me is sort of going like, okay, what are the scripts? He tells me the name of the script. Right off the bat, the name of the script is like a little bit cheesy. And I'm like, mm, okay. Uh, but I'm being cool, man. I'm being polite, you know? And so he goes, yeah, we got this script. We're in the, you know, we're in the, we're, we're sort of dealing with uh, reacquiring the rights from the writer, but it's going to be really great. It's flag. <laughs> it's another fucking flag, right? So why are you having issues with your writer? Like in my head, all I hear is that there's a fight going on there with stuff, right? As I go through this story, have you guys ever had a, a, a thing like this as a filmmaker? This is this is what happens. And so I go, okay, all right. And I say to him, he goes, um, so I don't know what you're thinking, you know, like uh, you can uh, send us some of your scripts if you want us to look at your scripts, look at your stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know you, dude. I'm not going to send you my scripts. Right. And so then he's like, um, or, you know, if you're interested, we can send you this idea for this thing. And so then he tells me the script idea. I'm not going to give anything away on the show. I'm being good. But he tells me this idea. And then he says to me, but what I'm looking for is uh, a voice, someone to come in here and elevate this idea because I'm not really a fan of horror. And, uh, I think that uh, I, I, I just don't like uh, straightforward horror doesn't interest me. And I need someone to come in here and elevate this and sort of leverage in some social context some so, sort of like social messaging in here, make it something more elevated, elevated, elevated. And at this point, there are too many red. It's like a fucking a, a Kurosawa movie. Right, and there are all these fucking red flags that are floating in the wind, ripping in the wind, and I'm sitting on that fucking horse, and I'm staring at him like a fucking samurai. You know what I mean? And I'm just going like, "Why the fuck do you want to make horror movies?" Then this is what I'm talking. This is this is in my head. Why the fuck do you want to make horror movies? Then if you don't like horror movies, why are you doing it? Ah, the response that happens in my head is, "Well, that's uh, the fastest way to make a lot of money." And we don't have to spend a lot of money to make it. And I'm just going like, uh-huh. Right now, he's not saying it. This is all in my head. He's not saying anything. 
And I'm just going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he goes, well, what we're doing here is uh, we're going to uh, finance a trailer for this movie. So what we're going to do, if whatever the movie is, we'll get the financing together to make a trailer and we'll shoot all the scenes for that trailer and we'll shoot them in such a way that you can use those same scenes in the actual movie. So it's not like really a waste of time. It's like, dude, you've, you've never fucking directed or shot anything. You do how like, so the same actor, same fucking actor that we're going to get at some bullshit fucking rate is going to carry this movie. And we're going to convince some big name actor to come in and do a fucking trailer for this thing. What are you talking about, dude? What, do you, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Right? And so the conversation progresses and it just becomes completely clear. He goes, I, so what we'll do is there are these algorithms that, that exist on, on, uh, on Google. And Google's been able to predict a successful film based upon the algorithm. So we'll just feed these trailers. We're going to do a bunch of trailers. And we'll just feed these trailers through the algorithm, and then the algorithm will tell us which one's the one to make. <laughs> so I'm like, you're not even gonna fucking. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull together all sorts of shit, bring together people, and bring together the crew, and, and do all this stuff. And you're not even gonna fucking make it. And you, you, you don't have anything. You need us. Like you had some idea when you saw the the fucking algorithm bullshit from Google. And you're like, this is the way to make movies. I, this is Hollywood. And this guy isn't a big, big player. He's not a big player in Hollywood. He was dropping all sorts of names. It doesn't mean anything. I guarantee you, I'm not even going to bother my fucking agents and management with this because I guarantee you I would send it to them and they go, Mike, stop sending us this bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like this, this, there are so many vultures circling around us as filmmakers. And I bring this back to talk to me because what I find fascinating about the guys that talk to me and, and I, they, I, the movie's great. What I find fascinating is that they said, fuck it. And they went back and they found like uh, a smaller production company uh, and they got money from, uh, I don't know if it was Australia, New Zealand. They got money and they had to make this movie, which they had talked in an interview about this movie having more days, being a bigger budget, which I would assume because I've been in that same sort of category where they're talking to a production company they're like, this is probably like an $8 million movie. And so they're out there trying to get $8 million for this movie from uh, money sources, distributors, wherever the fuck it's going to be, right? And so uh, once they said, no, we're not going to go that route, we're not going to take those notes, we're not going to go through that process, if that's true, then uh, they were like, well, we got to strip this thing down. So they stripped it all down and they made this movie for $4 million, apparently is what I've heard for about $4 million. Uh, And it's a great movie. It looks f- fucking fantastic. The two directors have a firm grasp on the language of cinema, a firm grasp on the language of editing, um, on performance. Their voices are are uh, pungent in this piece. It's, it's, it's really well done. It's really fucking well done. And, you know, this cynical prick, when I saw the t- the trailer for it, I saw like the A24 logo and I saw a bunch of kids in a room being kids and I kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, mm, okay, what is this? You know what I mean? A24, what are you doing? I kind of rolled my eyes. Uh, but it was really nice to hear their story. And when I fell down in this sort of rabbit hole, and you should go check them out. I think it's on the Rucka Rucka YouTube 
but they actually do a really good job of uh, uh, showing like exactly when they got into Sundance because they got into the Sundance and that's what changed everything. They show getting text messages from Jordan Peele. They actually have a video up there of them talking for like 45 minutes with George Miller who loves the movie. It's really fucking fascinating to watch them and it's you get to live vicariously because they're very honest about it. Two really cool dudes that do this thing. And you just, you, you, you come to understand that the commodity in this business is talent. It's talent. It's storytelling. It's voice. It's the ability to cut something, to the ability to shoot something. It's the ability to put something together that people want to fucking watch. It's the ability to make something that is, that is strong and fun and exciting. That's the fucking commodity. And there are a lot of people who like to use the term gatekeeping with me. There are all these gatekeepers that are floating around the outside that are these folks that are trying to leverage themselves in between us and the audience. That's what it is. And so you have like these companies that, these tech companies, these bros that come up with these fucking ideas. And none of them, in none of their business plans, is, is, is there ever a thing where it's like, simply put, actually communicate, meet people, support people, go to film festivals, fall in love with the voice, fall in love with the director, fall in love with the storyteller, the screenwriter, back them, bank on them. It's like it's not even in the fucking business strategies for all these giant companies. Back them. And here's what I thought was really cool about the Talk To Me dudes, right? Because if you go, as a young filmmaker, if you go to one of these companies like Blumhouse, they have fucking rules where they're like, two million, man. You're a young kid. You're not going to get more than two million. Doesn't matter what's going on. You're not going to get more than two million. Jordan Peele got four. You're only going to get two million. It's our business strategy. We get a certain chunk of change for the year. We're going to make so many $2 million movies, and one of them is going to make us $350 million movies, or $350 million. That's their business strategy. Same thing with a company like A24. Like those folks that, like, if you go to them and they want to make something, they're going to give you a specific amount of money. There is uh, notoriously that story about everything everywhere all at once, where they wouldn't put the marketing funds into making that movie bigger, and then it went off to win the Academy Award. You know what I mean? So... That's the dark side behind the business aspect of it. And what I what I fucking love is that these guys went and they made their movie. They found a company that banked on them, banked on them as filmmakers, banked on their skill and their ability and their audience that they built with their YouTube, banked on all that stuff. And then these guys made a fucking killer movie, crushed it. I think the scene that everybody loves in that movie the spoiler alert, the clapping, the music, and the sort of montage that happens. I saw an interview with those two. They did that out of necessity because they were running out of time and they ran in that room and they just did what they loved and they did what they knew. And that becomes the most memorable scene in the whole fucking movie. So kudos to the company that that banked them, bankrolled them and supported them because they, they knew and understood those companies do exist out there. And if, if, if you're listening, call me. <laughs> but they do exist out there. Um, and then they're at Sundance, there's a bidding war, and then they sell it to A24. For, it hasn't been confirmed, but anywhere from 8 to 10 million. You know what I mean? 
now, of course, that movie's gone on to make all sorts of fucking money, and A24 is making all sorts of cash off of it and branding it as if they made the fucking thing. When all they do is they bought it from a film festival. You know what I mean? So kudos to those dudes. Kudos. And uh, apparently they've been greenlit for a sequel. Uh, I hope you're going to get a lot of money out of them for that fucking sequel, dudes. I really do. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, your, boy, your boy just did a little bit of a rant, but I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I'm being honest with you uh, and you're just sort of understanding how this business kind of works and it, it doesn't matter what level you're at. I talk to, to directors that are younger. I talk to directors that have been around for years that are names that everybody knows and loves and they will text me and be like, the fucking vultures, man. And you, you just understand that this is a big part of what we're dealing with right now as we push through this fucking strike and as we push through everything that's happening and it's really making us upset and, and angry. Uh, because at the end of the day, I know for a fact that all of you that listen to the show, you just want to see movies that I make. You want to see great movies that other filmmakers make. That's all you want to do. You want to see where it goes. Why couldn't 12 can be a feature length? I get these questions consistently, hourly, you know, and it's because of money. It's because of money. And so, man, I wish that there was a business strategy that was out there that really was supporting the filmmakers. And I, I, I don't know if it ever existed. I, we, they talk about the 70s, right? You talk about the, the Coppolas and the Spielbergs and the, and the you know, uh, the Lucas and all those folks. But the only reason why the studios went to them is because their shit was failing bad. And so there was a couple great execs that were like, we got to go with the young kids. And one is the youth and Easy Rider and boom, 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 boom. That lasted for a short period of time. There's an interesting interview out there with Martin Scorsese where he talks about all this, which is great. Um, by the way, his new movie I'm pumped about. Um, but um, yeah, the, the studios only did that out of desperation. And then as soon as they hit a point where they were making some more money, they went, and they cut that right off. What is it, man? What is it? You know? I get it. Are you in the... Uh, whatever. Anyway, now let's move on. Um, let's see. What else is going on before I wrap out of this? Let's take a hot second here and let's talk about the sponsors of the show. Maybe I got like a sound cue here. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Here we go. So supporting the show, as always, our friends over at Puget Systems. If you are a filmmaker and you're in the market for a new computer, uh, build, your something, build yourself something that is reliable, upgradable, affordable, uh, and it isn't just about the unboxing experience. PugetSystems.com, go there right now, choose a baseline system based upon the software you're going to use, um, and then uh, they want you to customize it. That's the thing. You can build it the way you want it with whatever hardware that exists, competitive prices for hardware that exists. And Puget Systems, that what they what they do there, which is so great, is they benchmark test everything. They fucking put it all through the test, dealing with 
what the new software is, what the new updates do, uh, what the, the latest graphics card does, and does it actually affect the software that you're going to use? It's awesome. In Puget Systems, they're not manufacturing products. They're just putting machines together, and they're doing it from years and years and years of experience. And it, it, like, uh, nerd them, because they are nerdy. I love how nerdy those guys are. Uh, PugetSystems.com is the place to go to build yourself a computer that works for you. Don't be a slave to the unboxing experience. Don't be a slave to marketing, man. Build yourself something. And I'm staring at my Puget System right now, and I am beating the shit out of this machine. I love it. Uh, I'm deep in a lot of, yeah, dare I say, a lot of AI concept work right now on it right now. So it's pretty cool. We're making some cool shit. Uh, PugetSystems.com. Also supporting the show are friends from Fujifilm. Fujifilm is the place to go if you're looking for cameras of any kind. If you're looking for uh, a high-quality, professional, medium-format photography camera, uh, GFX100S is the camera for you. We use it. Gina uses it. Uh, paired up with our Photo Deox lens adapter, we actually put vintage lenses on that camera, and it looks super great. Uh, we also use the uh, HX2S. Is that it? Or is it the XH2S? I think that's it. Uh, we use that as our video camera. Uh, we love it. Shoots ProRes, shoots 4K, beautiful color renditions. Um, and then they have like all sorts of other cameras. Go to the links in my description of this episode. There's a really great refurbished link down there. Uh, grab yourself a street camera, right? Just some a pocket camera when you go on vacation. And I know you're at home going, yeah, but I got my iPhone for that. Do you really want to be taking photographs and in the middle of taking a shot, you get one of those unknown fucking phone call numbers, possibly scam, that just pisses you off, just ruins the photograph that you were taking. Why would I? At what point did I ever want my professional camera to ring in the middle of my shot? You know what I mean? Looking into it. Go check them out. Links are in the description of this episode. Looking into it. Take a look into it, Michael. Jesus. Uh, Fujifilm. I can't say enough great things about them. They support filmmakers. Uh, and there's a bunch of uh, Fuji Filmmaker Spotlight episodes on the way. They're recorded. Uh, and I'm going to be dropping them. All right. Uh, also supporting the show, our friends over at Boca Rentals, the place to go here in California and Las Vegas for some of the top-of-the-line lenses that exist out there, the best camera parties on the market, the best camera support systems on the market. Um, and what I love about Boca Rentals is that they support young filmmakers and young cinematographers. Uh, they like to form relationships with the, the next generation, which is important. Boca Rentals, also supporting the show. And if you're new to the show and uh, you want to listen to episodes curated by subject material, go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. There you can find all the director episodes, all the chef episodes, all sorts of great stuff, not to mention uh, web pages that are put up as supplemental pages for the episode that you're currently listening to or other episodes. So there'll be trailers up there, links up there, all sorts of good shit. Inlovewiththeprocess.com. Can't say enough good things about my own fucking website that I'm busy designing and working on all the time. All right. Uh, so back into it. I'm excited. Let's just talk about positivity, right? Uh, I'm pumped about this Friday. I'm recording this on the 22nd. This Friday, uh, Will Simmons and I are going to see Metallica. 
<laughs> I, 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 this will be fourth time I've seen Metallica. Uh, I haven't seen them in years. Maybe, maybe early twenties is the last time I saw them. Uh, and they put on an epic, epic show. And um, their latest album wasn't bad, man. Um, Lux Eternal, that track they do, that single that came out, it's catchy, man. It's really great. And I, I don't want to hear it out of the old folks out there that are like, it's no Master of Puppets. Fuck off. <laughs> it's been how long? These guys have well progressed in their fucking lives. They've gone from being 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds to being the age that they are right now. There's a whole lot of stuff in between there. It's going to sound different, dude. It's going to sound different. Um, but uh, I'm pumped. And uh, apparently, uh, which I didn't know, uh, Pantera is opening for them. Right? Well, part of Pantera. Uh, so that's, that's exciting. It's going to be a night of metal for me and Will. I got to like stretch my neck, got to get ready for some headbanging, you know, got to wear some fucking old black t-shirts. I might even be buying some merch. I wonder what they have for merch right now. Um, but I'm excited. It's been a while and uh, I love going to see shows with Will. Will is uh, my buddy for years now and he also writes the features and the scripts and all sorts of stuff. And when we get to hang out, it's fun. And we've been hanging out all week, really. We were at a, a party uh, last weekend, we just went and saw Talk to Me, and then we're going to go see the new Dracula movie. What's the name of that movie? The Demir. Okay, yeah. We're going to go see that one, which I'm kind of pumped about um, because that is uh, being directed by the guy who did uh, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which I don't know why they don't put that on the trailer. You know, it's, once again, it's just not supporting the fucking filmmakers, man. Because that changed everything for me. The Autopsy of Jane Doe, if you guys haven't seen it, I know a lot of folks are always asking me, you got suggestions for horror movies to watch. Autopsy of Jane Doe is always on my top lists. Uh, it's perfectly done. It's a beautifully manufactured like single location piece with suspense and the language of cinema that he uses in it is just refined. It's a great episode. And if I had seen that, because I originally saw the trailer for this vampire movie and I kind of rolled my eyes and I went, nah, I don't give a fuck. And then I heard that he was directing it. Same thing with The Pope's Exorcist. Same thing with that. It was another one that I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, Russell Crowe kind of got me, right? But when I heard who directed it, and look it up, when I heard who directed it, I was like, I'm going to watch the shit out of that fucking movie. And apparently they're making a, uh, a sequel to that is what I've heard. So, very exciting, man. Two great movies, two great uh, directors out there that are getting work and celebrated. should be celebrated work. And this is like two directors that are sort of moving their way up as best they can in our current climate, moving their way up into the studio system, and they're not really getting the name recognition that they should have. Their name should be above the fucking movie because they have solid voices for this stuff. Solid voices for this stuff. I mean, there's a reason why John Carpenter fought for his name over his stuff. There's a reason why you go see a Christopher Nolan movie and his name is mentioned before anything else. Same thing with Spielberg. It's like, you you know, Greta Gerwig. She's now going to be someone that has her name in front of stuff. Uh, because you know what you're in for. They become as powerful as the actor when it comes to the promotion of stuff, right? More so. 
because they work with all sorts of different actors. You know? Um, so I'm excited. Metallica, baby. Metallica, baby. Uh, pumped, man. So, yeah. That's kind of it, man. We should let the, we should uh, get out of this episode. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, and uh, I hope you learned something. And I, I don't want to give off the wrong impression. I'm doing good. Things are great. Um, sometimes this job gets a little shitty. Um, but most of the time it's okay. You know, most of the time it's okay. And, and it has some moments where it's really fucking great. And, uh, you know, I guess the theme of today's episode is like, how do we sort of make our way through the bullshit consistent? <laughs> That's the title of the episode, making our way through the bullshit, uh, consistently, um, and, and staying healthy. And the only way to do it is to laugh about it and, uh, to talk about it with your friends and to talk about it with your peers. And that's why I'm bringing it up to you. I would love to hear any of your crazy stories. Have you ever had a movie almost get greenlit? Have you ever been in a situation where you had some really bullshit film festival? What is your favorite film festival that you've ever been to? I, I should say that uh, I enjoyed the hell out of being a part of Trauma Dance. I ended up going to the Trauma Dance Film Festival, which is basically hijacking Sundance. They're kind of in the same place and got to see some crazy movies and fun stuff. That was a really fun experience. Um, there's a handful of film festivals like Boston Underground Film Festival. They've been really good to me multiple years. Um, so uh, I don't want to say that I'm shitting on all these places. It's just you got to fucking navigate all the bullshit, right? Well, have a good day. Uh, and uh, keep working, keep plugging, keep pushing. And as always, I will see you next Tuesday. I don't even know what song this is. 